With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06+. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. The great Doris Burke from the Mothership covering the NBA Finals will join us coming up in a little bit. Game one tonight. Respect our time zone. The Heat versus the Nuggets at 8.30 Eastern. Momentum is one of the more impressive, important aspects of a championship team. It's hard to quantify what it is, and is it tangible or not? Back in 2008, the Giants had a hot streak. They rode that to the Super Bowl. They had momentum. Uh, The Atlanta Braves in 2021, they had an unbelievable second half of the season. Turned that into a World Series. The Heat, they're trying to recreate that success. In full rhythm after going seven with the Celtics, and they bring momentum to Denver. The Nuggets are operating off 10 days of rest coming into game one. Teams with similar rest have gone 10 and six to open the NBA Finals. And to make matters worse for the Heat, teams that open at home with five or more days of rest, then their opposition have won just under 90% of that game one. After knocking off the two top seeds in the East, it'd be foolish to count out the Heat. Miami certainly will have their work cut out for them in game one. Teams that, with the home court advantage and a rest of at least five days going into game one, eight and one all time in the NBA Finals, the only loss in a game one for a team that had the home court advantage and a rest edge of at least five days, the 1998 Utah Jazz against the last dance Chicago Bulls. Stat of the Day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. TV's biggest drama is back. Head to the Dutton Ranch and stream the latest season of Yellowstone on Peacock. Say good morning. Those watching on Peacock, our streaming partner, thank you for downloading the app. You can uh, dial us up. Operator Tyler standing by. Seat and poll question for hour two is going to be what? Well, I have one that might be too mean. Too mean. Oh. It's just kind of our brand. All right. uh, well, I have um, tougher to admit still liking Limp Biscuit or having a barbed wire tattoo. <laughs> I'm sorry, Drew. I'm sorry. Drew, Drew, in New Drew in New Mexico called in, and he wanted to know why you're making fun of Limp Biscuit out of nowhere. Yes, people are people are like sort of upset. Like you guys realize there's more bands from Florida than just those two, right? How have you not talked more about Tom Petty? It's like I know 
We we did. I know that we did. We just focused in on these two because We're just it was having fun. fun. Creed and Limp Biscuit. How have you guys not mentioned Leonard Skinner? <laughs> Yes, Paul. Yeah, if we're going to celebrate great bands, that's not what we do. No, no. Anybody <laughs> can do that. By the way, a guy I went to college with, he's in the medical field, like <laughs> medical technology. Back in the 90s, he started investing in tattoo removal technology. Mm. He retired when? <laughs> uh, it's a great question. He's got a hell of a nice boat. Yeah. He, he leases tattoo removal equipment to doctors and dermatologists, mm. and uh, he's on Easy Street. Mm. Yeah. He, he saw the future. Mm, okay. It's passive income yeah. at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, so, passive so, income. Uh, that was what? the mean-spirited one about Limp Bizkit. Yeah, that was the mean one. Uh, I have one that's kind of out of the left field. Uh, the SEC limiting the number of in-conference games to eight is smart or soft? <laughs> well, if you're bringing in Texas and Oklahoma, then bring them in and let's create or continue rivalries. Yeah, no, come in. We're just not going to play you guys. Yeah, yeah come in. Uh, Nick Saban was asked about uh, paying players, and uh, he well, here's the question, and here's uh, his response. How do you feel about the idea of taking some of that profit and like, making players employees? Yeah, I, I have no problem with with that. I mean, unionize it, make it like the NFL. I mean, if it's going to be the same for everyone, uh, I think that's better than what we have now because what we have now is we have some states and some schools in some states that are investing a lot more money in terms of managing their roster than other others and I think this is going to create a real competitive disadvantage for some in the future and it's also going to create an imbalance in competitive nature of the sport which that's not good for the sport all right yes Paul we would hate to see an imbalance of no. power in college football that would be horrible yeah not on my watch not <laughs> Somebody needed to say, Coach, uh, it seems like there is an imbalance in college football. How can people believe th- this crap when it's spewing out of their mouth? How do, do they really believe that, or is there just zero self-awareness? Hey, the NCAA gave us student-athlete for decades, and we're like, okay, they're student-athletes. And then you realize they're not. They're, they're athletes. They're, they're athletes. They might be students, but they're athletes first. But they keep repeating it, and then you go, okay. That yeah, must be right. I yeah. mean, that dude didn't even. Yeah, you know, my brother-in-law is a uh, pediatrician, and he's saving people. He doesn't make them. But yeah, dude, how do, he doesn't get. He shouldn't have brought up his brother saving lives he saves when lives, he's making man. six million dollars a year at Missouri. Because I think that sometimes I really believe that these dudes believe they're saving lives too. Like, I think that sometimes coaches get so delusional that they're like, "You realize what I do for this place, right?" I mean, some of them do. Uh, like Nick Saban. John Calipari, they've made people billions of dollars, right? There's no doubt about that. However, they're not God. You know what I mean? They're not like, especially if you're the coach of Missouri, you're not you're not saving people. You're not. You're helping people. There's a big difference in being a pediatrician and being a head coach. Uh, yes, Marv. They might not be saving their lives. They might be changing their lives. Okay. But they're not pediatricians, but, like you were saying. But, but don't bring in your brother-in-law because he's saving lives and he only makes this amount when you make $6 million. Just don't bring it into the conversation. What he's saying could be correct. It's just he he's missing out on the elephant in the room, and it's him making $6 million a year. But these coaches, they're control freaks. They don't have control anymore. That has to drive people like Nick Saban crazy. Because... College football, it's you come in, you listen to me. Hey, you want to transfer? You got to sit out a year. 
You want to go to the NFL? You've got to stay at least three years in college. They've got control. They don't want change. They don't want to deal with other people. Hey, there, here's some snot-nosed kid out of Florida who wants $10 million to be quarterback for my team. Uh, all right, give them the, you know, $10 million. Go to the boosters or your collective, whatever it is. They don't want any change here. Why would you if you're Alabama? Right? You want to talk about an imbalance in sports, it's, it's there in college football. Now maybe it's not as much of an imbalance. And that bothers Nick Saban. And it would probably bother Kirby Smart and a couple other coaches who were there every single year playing for a national championship. Yes, Paul. I, I do. I get what you're saying there, but I don't get how it how it affects Nick Saban in a negative way. He could put together an NIL collective as big as anybody's. I mean, you're just printing money down there at Alabama. And if I'm a booster, I, I'm getting in line to start a collective for Alabama. I get access. I get access to Saban. I get everything. I, I'm not sure where he thinks it hurts him. Well, keep in mind when he met with the boosters last year and he talked about Texas A&M buying all the players. He's saying to his boosters right there in front of us, hey, we need money. We need to do better than Texas A&M is doing. And that's when you had Jimbo Fisher saying, oh, everybody thinks he's God. I know where the bar- uh, bodies are buried. Okay. That's because Alabama was able to do it in a certain way, and they did it better than anybody else. And now the other schools are going, all right, what do we need? All it, all it takes is a billionaire booster, and you go, hey, do you want to you know, what's it going to cost me? Uh, it's going to cost you $20 million a year. What's $20 million to a billionaire if his school is going to compete for a national championship? Like, this isn't rocket science. This is really simple. Everybody can do it now. And they're even giving you more money than they're even reporting. That's how it... Follow the money, folks. That's all this is. Your your school is, is going to get you know national attention. You're going to play in big games. You're going to be on TV. You get more enrollment there. I mean, it all it feeds itself here. But Nick can't act like, oh, my God, the imbalance. The imbalance has been the last 15 or 20 years in college football. Yes, Eden. I mean, this is causing irreparable damage to the children. Yeah, of course. Getting all of this money at such an early age. I mean, this we're never you're going to ruining lives now with that. And we we care about these athletes when they get money, but do we care about anybody like a tennis player? Did, did it, do, does anybody care when a tennis player gets millions of dollars? Like you know, Coco Golf. Does anybody care? Oh my God, she's got so much money. Like who's who's taking care of her? Nobody cares. But, the, you know, these football players, oh, these kids, they're going to be ruined. Really? All right. It's all about the kids. Crazy. It's not going away. But here's the problem. College football allowed it to get out of their neighborhood. Like, it's now it's gone. Now you go, hey, we can you help us here? Like, we really screwed up. They need the government to help them. And that, that's, what's, that's where it's going. Like, how can you help us help ourselves? Because we screwed this up royally. Oh, the kids, they want all this money. All right, you want to unionize? You, you want to make them pay for their college education? You know, that can all be on the table here. But don't blame the kids for the grown-ups who are the ones screwing up. And these coaches, oh, my God, these kids, they want this money. How much you make? 
Nine million, but um, <laughs> oh, okay. All right, I understand that. That's fair enough. Yes, yes, Paul. I want to go back to that that ninth SEC football game. That's a sticking point. Why doesn't the SEC use this as an opportunity? Imagine they schedule an open weekend like November tenth or something like that, and they have a draw in the off season. Like right now, they do it in March, and all the teams are eligible to play against each other. They do ping pong balls like the World Cup draw, mm. and all of a sudden it comes up. Mm. Alabama is facing whatever, and, and all these teams. And make it a, a live TV event, and the SEC would have a, a leg up over everybody who doesn't do that kind of thing. Well, they have the best conference. They're making the most money. But then they don't want to beat up on each other. Because now Tennessee is formidable. LSU is good. Georgia is great. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking around going, God, I don't, do we want to be, you know, Texas, Arch Manning maybe makes them a great team. You know, is Oklahoma going to be a good team again? Well, you brought them in. Well, we don't want to play them, but we like them in the conference here. They make us money. I just—it's kind of a mixed message there that you're you're you know hoarding all these schools, but then play each other, continue rivalries, create new rivalries. That's what we miss in college football. All right, I'll step down off my soapbox once again. Yes, Paul. The, the bigger problem is that there's not a scheduling czar in college football. They're missing millions of dollars, uh, bill, billions of dollars by no. You know, the NFL schedules by the best for the fans. They're trying to put together a, yeah. a show. And Alabama opens the season hosting Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. and while, Keep an eye on that one. Yeah, while that first quarter could be lovely, <laughs> it's probably not going to work out too well. And that, that's a mistake because they face Texas week two, which is fantastic, Alabama. But college football is going to get to – it's going to be the NFL. They're, they're going to eventually have to get to that where you do create – you have a schedule and – you don't have to have, you know, zero losses or one loss to play for a national championship. Now you could be, you know, eight and four, but you could eventually get to the playoffs and then you could play for a national championship. That's what happens in the NFL. And I think once you do that with, let's say it's 40 schools, they are the 40 schools that are going to be playing, you know, in tier one. And then you're going to have other ones in tier two. Yes. Yes, Mark. And these college football players, they could be like Jason Jackson. More games, more money. Mm. That got to be like an incentive. If if I get to the college football playoff in each round, I should get more money because the coach is going to get more money. You could the give boosters. NIL incentives. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, Access Day, something great here. iHeartRadio Access Day. Uh, if you would like to come to the Man Cave for a meet Friday, you can do that. To enter, get official rules. Visit iHeartRadioAccessDay.com and do it today. One winner receives a trip for two to the Man Cave for a Friday show. You catch a portion of the show, and you're here for Meet Friday. But uh, you get started by going to iHeartRadioAccessDay.com. What else do we have here, uh, Seton? What are you gonna, what's the poll question? I'm going to put up a few of them. Um, you know what? I saw, too, where a couple of recruits, have, are choosing the G League instead of college. Yeah. yeah. I find that curious. Now, especially if you're a top recruit and you can get some NIL money, why go to the G League? I'm not sure, but I think there is one player who might be the number one pick next year who went to the G League. But I don't know what the incentives are there. Mm. Um, you would think going to Duke, I mean, he, he's being recruited by everybody, but you go to Duke, you get NIL money, you're on national TV, you do what Zion did. But 
I'm not sure why he's not going. Yes, Pauline. Yeah, he's uh, Maras Buzelis. He's 18. He's skipping college in favor of the G League. Uh, he could make, uh, they, they said his, he could make a million dollars going to almost any college through NIL. It's not clear what he could make in the G League. Oh, I would think he would make more going to Duke. Uh, you would think so, yeah. Or let's say Arkansas. You know, some of these schools that are have a booster that, you know, you get one guy can change your whole you know, basketball team. Yes, Tony. And don't you get the added plus for a so-called student-athlete? If you go to college and you get injured or it just doesn't work out as far as a pro career, at least you'll hopefully have a college degree to fall back on and do something else with your life. I don't know sure. how the G League takes care of you if you have an injury. But he's or... not going to be there four years, so it's going to be one year. Four months. Yeah, basically. Yes, Marv. But I think they've seen the success of guys that have gone into the NBA. They haven't been successful, but Kaminga, Jalen Green, and uh, Scoot Henderson. So that's three guys right there. And I'm sure they're like, hey, you can go here, but you don't have to go to class. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You can just learn how to be a professional right here, right now, and play against professional talent. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And make some money, too. Yeah, I'm I, sure they're not making chump change. No, but it feels like you could make more money if you went to one of these programs. I mean, once again, all it takes is a booster who's going to go, all right, how much is going to take? Uh, I want $7 million. All right. Seven million. I mean, Bronny's reportedly getting $7 million to go to USC. That's just from his allowance. <laughs> Under his pillow. Dad? He loses a tooth. There's a Bugatti. Doris Burke will join us coming up next. We'll take a break. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Traeger grills are on fire this year in Fuego in a most delicious way, of course. The Ironwood Grill and a big day tomorrow, meet Friday. Paulie, you got an idea of what could be on the menu? Because Tyler didn't tell me yet. I'm just going to say it could be sausage related. Sausage off. Yeah, sausage off. Traeger Flat Rock <laughs> Flat Top Grill. Sausage off. Sausage off. Is it weird that I ordered sausage off? <laughs> order flat rock traeger has left no stone unturned uh three separate <laughs> cooking zones which means you can cook a variety of foods at different temperatures Hawk all off. at once it's the first gas powered grill in the traeger lineup traeger wants you to have a great grilling Palk. some Palk off. <laughs> that's one of the all-timers todd yeah i can't rhyme i can't say the sh sound i got some issues Palk. Traeger.com. Remember, use the code DP Show at checkout to get free shipping. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. 
I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. They say good things come to those who wait. The Mercedes-Benz SUV family proves otherwise. Takes no time at all. Set up a test drive. Your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more. MBUSA.com. Doris Burke, Hall of Fame broadcaster, ESPN analyst, and I believe two-time Big East uh, All-Star, All-Conference as a point guard. Is that right, Doris? Was it two-time? So long ago, I have no recollection. <laughs> oh, don't be so modest. You sound like a joker here being so modest there. Uh, who plays point guard the way you did? Who plays point guard in the NBA the way you did at Providence? Oh, shoot. Uh, you know, I don't have a great comparison. What I will tell you is I have sympathy for any point guard who's a scoring point guard with no jumper. So my game, Dan, was this. Out in transition, my handle was exceptional. I could get absolutely anywhere. <laughs> but, but, you know those players who um, coaches just back off and give a cushion to six eight? That was me. You that were me. you were Rajon Rondo before Rondo. Bing, bing, and Jeff Van Gundy's always like, "How did how?" And this is Jeff saying it. We laugh all the time. How are you a white point guard and you can't shoot? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is I had um, incredible teammates, incredible coaches. And, uh, you know, had it not been for that, I wonder, like, you know, the game gives you such joy, Dan. And those I only have fond memories as a player. So We see a lot of catchers who become managers. I don't know if there's a correlation point guards as broadcasters or coach, like you see the game differently at a different angle and the same with catchers. Uh, Is there any correlation that being a point guard, how it helps you see a game as you're broadcasting? Yeah, I do think, you know, you are responsible to know um, every position on the floor, you know, where the four or the five is going to be at any particular moment. And then, um, you know, generally speaking, the ball's in your hands, so you should be communicating with everybody. And uh, so I do think there is a little bit of a correlation, I guess similar to a quarterback in football, right? Who or what decides the NBA Finals? 
Oh boy. Um, you know, so many things are going to happen over the next seven games. I can't wait to see the journey. What, what intrigues me about this matchup? One of the things that intrigues me is you have two superstars who love to empower the people around them. And, you know, Eric Spolster has talked about Dan not being able to quantify the influence that Jimmy has on the group. Um, you know, I had a vote for the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. And when I texted the uh, person at the Leco, I was supposed to text it to. My first text was Caleb Martin. That young man had played so great. And maybe a minute and a half to go in the game, I changed my mind. Oh. And, yeah, I did. And it was hard. Like, that vote, if you saw it, it was so close. And I still don't know if I made the right decision. But ultimately, there's that intangible leadership confidence that Jimmy Butler sort of, you know, it permeates the whole roster. And we... Uh, underestimate Miami to our peril, right? They just spent seven games disavowing us of the notion that Boston was the better team. And then Jokic, to access Jokic's brilliance, Dan, he had to come to grips with something that was probably uncomfortable for him a couple years ago. And that was there would be times where he would have to flex a little bit as a scorer and show off the array he had offensively. His first instinct is to pass and to make the guys feel good around him. Um, but I just love that you have two superstars um, who want to play the right way and who want to make their teammates around them feel really good. I love that. Fair comparison to have Joker and Tim Duncan mentioned in the same sentence? Boy, that's a, uh, I think so. You know, I think, uh, you know, the vision with which Jokic plays the game, the feel, the execution of these touch passes the absurd passes where he's, you know, leading people into spaces um, as his teammate Aaron Gordon, who Joker, uh, Joker described as the soul of our team, he said he's a savant. Uh, so I would say Tim was savant-like, maybe in different fashion. Uh, but, you know, Nicola is a savant. And, I, and here's the thing, you know, I hope in the course of the, the broadcast people get a sense for who this man is. You know, he wears his wedding ring tied around his shoe. You know, the first eyes he's looking to seek out when he finishes a game is his daughter. His family is clearly important to him. He's not at all involved in the NBA lifestyle. It's just something so appealing about the person, Nicola. could say the same about Jimmy. You know, Jimmy wants to play tennis and he wants to travel the world in the offseason. He gets his work in, but these are two men with, with uh, lives that are very rich around the game, too. Can you teach what Joker sees on the floor? No, I don't I don't believe so. And it's funny, there's that great line where Mike Malone was talking to him. And I love that Mike said, um, anybody who tells you they knew what Joker was going to be is full of baloney. There's yeah. just no way. He showed up at, at uh, Summer League 300 pounds and out of shape. And, and you have to admire Dan. He is not the two-time MVP if he doesn't change the level of physical conditioning. An 82-game schedule, but most particularly this March to June, is brutal physically and mentally. Um, but I don't think you teach it. And he, he jokes about being a fat point guard. He's like, Coach, I was a fat point guard <laughs> as a kid. Goes back to that point guard uh, uh, point you made earlier, Dan. You see it and feel it differently from that position. Can you teach what Jimmy Butler brings Miami? At the start of this the series, and I'm going to be honest with you, I expected Boston to win. But one of the things I said before game one of the Eastern Conference Finals was Boston, I mean, Miami is the most physically and mentally tough team in the league. 
and coached by a top 15 coach in the 76-year history of the game. Eric Spolstra, I believe, is now 6-1 and one, um, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you can't teach it. The other thing, you look at the growth, and I do think these players, you know, Miami couldn't make a shot in the regular season, Dan, couldn't make a shot. They are first in percentage. Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent, and mostly Caleb Martin have been shot makers. I do think they have to do it again. How about Caleb Martin? Undrafted. I know we've made a big deal of it. In the Eastern Conference Finals a year ago, Dan, they wouldn't check the kid. They wouldn't guard him. They gave him 15 feet of space. And he said, hey, they, that, that was appropriate. I was not prepared for the moment. But shame on me if I'm not prepared the second time. And that young man to deliver the way he did in that, that series, just pretty cool. How do you think this plays out? I think it's going to be a longer series than people expect. I, I am curious to see how Miami feels. Um, there were points at which I thought uh, Jimmy fatigued. I thought you saw that in the middle of the series. Kyle Lowry, um, him as well. Um, you know, Eric Spolster maintains that that knee is healthy, but remember they shut him down for five weeks. I think that championship experience he brings is significant. I think you saw that in in the Eastern Conference and episodically in the in the prior rounds. Uh, you do get the extra rest, but we are in Denver. I think it's it's at least six games. I will be surprised if Denver doesn't win, uh, but I think it's going to be longer and harder than people think. Talking to Doris Burke, ESPN NBA analyst. She'll be on the call, ESPN radio for the NBA Finals. Best player you saw this year was who? Well, I voted Joel Embiid MVP. And I'm going to say this 100%, and I believe it to my core. When Joel is in shape and he's engaged and he's healthy, he can be every single night the most influential player on both ends of the floor. He has to decide now, after getting the MVP, does he want to follow up and be great again and now advance to a place um, where he isn't? But a very close second for me was Nikola Jokic. I went one-two, and I will tell you those two positions, you know, alternated all season. So um, those two guys. Would you keep James Harden in Philly? Well, with Nick Nurse, I think it it becomes more problematic because Nick is a guy um, who wants to play aggressive defensively. He wants you locked in for the full 24. Think about it, Dan. In the 2019 finals, he ushers in what we see more and more of, the box and ones, the triangle and twos, the switching defenses, the, you know, I say a lot of times, increasingly, it's getting hard to play in the NBA if you don't think it on a high level on both ends of the floor. Uh, and Nick demands a lot. The other thing he does is he plays his starters a lot of minutes, at least if you look at what he did in Toronto. So I don't know. These are the hard choices. It's the thing I understand the least, but I will say this. I don't think team success in any sport is, is simply a matter of the collection of talent. The pieces have to fit. There has to be some chemistry. You have to work well. You see it over and over. Curious to see if if Denver wins. Does that have any influence in how teams are put together or the way you know people build their their organizations? They they drafted well. They were patient. Uh, they waited for Jamal to get healthy. Says something organizationally to me, anyway. So I brought this up a couple of times. Tatum and Brown don't complement each other. They're sort of the same player, whereas Jamal and Joker complement each other. AD and LeBron complement each other. I, I think you can go down the, the list of teams when they're successful. You have those players who complement each other. That's what 
kind of concerns me with Boston. Jalen Brown's a wonderful player, and they could have easily gone back to the finals, but would you you know, give him a max deal? Would you, you want to have that pair for the next five years? Right, and I think that's the complicating factor here. And I, I was thinking about this last week um, because of you could have two guys locked up at $600 million, and it sounds like the way the salary structure is, it's going to be a high penalty to try to do that. And, you know, Jalen Brown's old weaknesses came to bear again. His lack of a left hand, his turnover issues, forcing shots at inappropriate times. But then, Dan, I started to rifle through, well, everybody's talking about Damian Lillard. I don't know off the top of my head how, how old Damian is. He's coming off in a phenomenal year. But you, you, how many times do you see superstars acquired and it not pay dividends over and over and over and over again? It's, these, are, these are hard decisions. And when I tried to come up with names to replace Jalen Brown, I'm thinking, oh, boy, you know, that's not as easy as you think it is. Yeah, I had somebody who's involved in this situation. They said, you know, you've got to get these guys. Paying them is not the, the hard part as much as it is getting the guy and that's why he said that he thinks the Celtics are going to re-sign him. What do you do if you're the Lakers in the offseason? Oh, boy. Well, you're, you're, you're re-signing Reeves. I mean, he just is a better player than anybody ever expected. His ability to handle and pick and roll and really absorb the responsibility takes so much weight off of, uh, off of LeBron. I think you, no matter what you do, you need um, defenders and shooters around LeBron and Anthony Davis it's always about space. Um, you know, I think one thing that I was really locked into all year, Dan, was how much of a struggle LeBron's jump shooting was. I mean, he could not make a shot. And I kept pressing Darvin Ham on what's going on here. Early on in the year, he was saying, it's the kinds of shots he's being forced to take. There's no space. The Russell Westbrook dynamic was brutal. Um, and then he said, Doris, remember how old he is. These, these things are harder now. Um, so a lot, I I thought the moves they made at the deadline were critical. Uh, Rui Hachimura, if he can sustain that level of play, I prioritize him as well. He's big, he's fast, he's long, he can offensive board it. he made shots. Um, but to me, it's always about spacing around LeBron and AD. I just thought LeBron started to show his age by settling for the jumper because I mean, all you need is Michael Jordan to acknowledge that if he played LeBron, LeBron would be able to go right on him, and he couldn't stop him. Michael's words. It takes so much energy to try to get to the hoop and get fouled, and he's not a great foul shooter. And he's not a great jump shooter, but it it just felt like that's what you do as you get older. You don't attack uh, the rim anymore. And that's what I saw when people say, oh, you know, he's not showing his age. And I said, yes, he shows it every game by settling for those jump shots, and he knows he's not a good jump shooter. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what his approach is. And the reason they wanted to play fast is exactly that reason. And it's different in the regular season, right? You can run on teams. You can get out in transition. It's at the most important time of year where defenses are locked in, and they say, well, we're not going to let you get to your comfort zones one, two, and three. You're going to have to get to four, five, and six, and we're going to expose every weakness. And so, yeah, this goes to the what, what everybody expected in Los Angeles, Dan, and that was that Anthony Davis would be the primary option and the leader in all of those things. And that hasn't come to fruition, whether it's personality or health or whatever it is that's contributed 
to these last couple seasons for AD. And that's the mystery, because I've said many times, he was the Greek freak before the Greek freak. He did everything. Offensively, defensively, he could shoot, he had a handle. And then all of a sudden, he was nice in New Orleans, and then you play those big games in a big spotlight, and then we see who these guys really are. And that's what's frustrating with AD, is he's one of the top 75 players of all time, but there are times I don't know he's on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And it goes, to, and so this is what draws into sharper focus for me. What you said about AD draws into sharper focus a guy like Jimmy Butler, whose numbers in the playoffs rise. Yeah. His productivity as a scorer, as an assist guy, as, you know, efficiency. It takes something different at this time of year to succeed. Um, and this is why, you know, Jokic you know, the criticism and why, you know, some people say, well, I'm not going to vote for him three-time MVP, whatever the case may be. He hadn't had any success in the playoffs. That argument's laid to rest now. <laughs> He's appeared in the finals and a very good chance to to do it. But I, I, I would say this to you. I saw, I don't know who was debating it, uh, but somebody was saying something. It's Jimmy Butler, a Hall of Fame guy, if he should win the, the NBA finals. I, I put that, I was interested. I haven't given it much thought. I don't know if it's something strikes you immediately about that for you. Well, I factor in college, and he, did he have a remarkable college career? Um, oh. And so he's bounced around with these teams. He finally got his team in Miami. You know, Philly wanted, what, Tobias Harris instead of him, and what happened in Minnesota <laughs> and then Chicago. It feels like he's he's pretty down. He's on the doorstep. He's, he's right yeah. there to be a Hall of Famer. But it's tricky. I got into this conversation with Reggie Miller the other day. I said, is Al Horford a Hall of Famer? Because he won two titles in college. So if I factor in that, then is he a Hall of Famer? He's part of a championship team. I don't know. Does it feel to you? I mean, I'm just, you know, feeling like I feel like almost NBA success seems like it's more important for Hall of Fame credential i'd have to like do a deep dive or have somebody from research at espn do a deep dive it's a great point I, you know you forget about the back-to-back titles uh the appearances in the in the eastern conference finals so it's a great question great debate who knows i know i know uh hey great talking basketball with you and uh always yeah and the older you get the better you were when you were in college just you know, that's what i always say <laughs> and you're wearing your providence you got your providence gear on don't you yeah. If it's free, it's if it's free, it's for me, Dan. And I'll take three. Uh, have fun. <laughs> Doris, thank you very much. Have fun tonight. Thanks, Dan. That's uh, Doris Burke, Hall of Fame broadcaster. She'll be on the call. By the way, first woman to be assigned NBA Finals game analyst role on any platform, radio or TV. She'll be with uh, Mark Kestetcher, ah, good buddy Mark, and uh, PJ Carlissimo. That'll be uh, tonight on ESPN Radio. Consult your local listings, and that'll be at 8.30. We'll take a break. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, gang, this is Jay Glazer, host of Unbreakable, a mental health podcast. And each week, we try to help turn our mental health issues into mental wealth. And we dive in with everyone from the world of sports and entertainment like Sean McVay, Lindsey Vaughn, Michael Phelps, David Spade, Guy Fieri, and also those who can help us in between the ears. Anyone from a therapist to someone like Ed Milet or John Gordon. 
So each week, listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer, a mental health podcast on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Going to take a stab at this. Paul Young? Bloop. Okay. Why are we playing this? Oh, we're saying bye to the Cheez-It Bowl. Oh. R.I.P. Oh. I sent this <laughs> I sent this story to Paula yesterday. Ruined his day. Because I, I know. Oh. Why would you do that? Because we love the Cheez-It Bowl, but it's going away. And uh, the name Cheez-It Bowl is going away. But then I said, hey, but the... Substitute is pretty tasty, but but no the pun cheese, intended. The three years of Cheez It Bowls will never the go long, away. long history of the Cheez It Bowl. In my heart, they're never going away. Okay, the Cheez It Bowl starting this season, Dan, will re- be replaced by possible upgrade in some people. The Pop Tarts Bowl, Dan. Oh, we down, wow. play down in Atlanta. The Pop Tarts Bowl. The logo is there. It's ready to go. Wait, so it's not going to be in Orlando? It's going to be in Atlanta? No, I'm sorry. Did I say, I, it's going to be in Orlando. Yeah. Okay. It's going to stay in Orlando. Okay. That's a tradition. It's not going away. Mm-hmm. So instead of pouring a bucket of cheese, it's on the winning coach. You're going to slap him with Pop Tarts. Mm. Do you want to know the history of the Cheez Its Bowl, Dan? Oh, uh, well. I mean, you know it. I should say. All I know is NC State dominated the Cheez-It Bowl. That's correct. If you go back, it started as the Blockbuster Bowl in 90. Yeah. Then it became the CarQuest Bowl. Then the Micron PC Bowl. Then the MicronPC.com Bowl. Then the Visit Tangerine Bowl. The Mazda Tangerine Bowl. The <laughs> Champs Sports Bowl. Great run. Almost nine years. The Russell Athletic Bowl. And then the Camping World Bowl. Hmm. Um, oh, some of the MVPs. Phil Rivers twice. Russell Wilson once. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater won it once. All right. So the, the Cheez-It Bowl is the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Not the Pop-Tart. It's the Pop-Tarts Bowl. 
Yeah. Okay. Pop-Tarts, plural. Yes. Pop- Pop-Tarts, bowl. Yes, Tom. If you were to indulge in a Pop-Tart, fruit, or do you go with like the s'mores or the chocolatey ones, and toasted or not toasted would be part two of that question. Give me a strawberry Pop-Tart, little icing on it, right out of the package. There you go. you got to have icing on it. If yeah. there's no icing on it, just throw it in the garbage. Good to right. go. Good to go. Could we sponsor a bowl game? Jimmy Kimmel did this. How much would it cost for us to sponsor? Like if we did Tailgate Moonshine Bowl. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Now you're talking. What if we did Penny's Bang Biscuits the Bowl? The Penny Bang Biscuits Bowl? That Yes. That is a winner and a half. <laughs> the I-team's on this. Okay. So there's been some change with the bowl system. Beyond the traumatic Cheez-It Bowl going away, the Pop-Tarts Bowl, the Military Bowl has new logos. The LendingTree.com Bowl is now the 68 Ventures Bowl whatever that may be. And the Holiday Bowl currently Mm. is sponsorless. And nothing says holiday like a little moonshine. Um, The L.A. Bowl is just the L.A. Bowl right now. Apparently, Jimmy Kimmel is is out. Kimmel's out. Um, I did a little research. I think you could get a bowl sponsorship for under a half a million dollars. Under half a million. Yeah. I think if we're looking for a minimum of 300,000, I think 500,000 would get it done. Okay. All right. I don't know, man. I'd need to boost those tailgate moonshine sales. This is a way to do it. Well, but we can only make so much and we sell out right away. If I could mass produce the tailgate moonshine. I feel like we lean into the penny angle. Penny bang biscuits? Penny's bang biscuits bowl. The bang biscuits (laughs) LA bowl presented by penny. Tailgate moonshine. You could double dip it. Oh, mm-hmm. Yes, Tom. You have one of those dog shows that they do at halftime, catching frisbees, going through a ring of fire. I like whatever. it. People I, love dogs. Why, they're not going to go through a ring of fire. No, no, cool they jump through the ring of fire. <laughs> I, I don't want to, like a poodle catching that on fire, fire there. That will get a lot of free publicity. It would. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on this. Yes, story. please do. Please do. <laughs> uh, Jesse in Iowa. Hi, Jess. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Um, I have a uh, suggestion for the cookout play- playlist. Oh, okay. The cookout playlist by Marvin uh, for tomorrow. Yep. There's a band called Big Gigantic from uh, Boulder, and they team up with Grizz and have a song called Good Times Roll. All right. They're probably a double entendre in there with a uh, Good Times Roll. But uh, thank you. Thank you for that suggestion there, Marv. Yes, Marv. Do we know the results so far? No. Okay. Can't reveal them? No, I'm just saying, right now, who's in the lead? I have no idea. Uh, right now in the lead, uh, oh, my gosh, it's, it's closer than I thought it would be. Right now, Florida's got 57% of the vote. Okay. Right. Colorado. So bands from Florida over bands from Colorado. Yeah, I thought it would be more lopsided towards Florida. Well, gotta it, admit. This feels like it's the Fred Durst limp biscuit factor. You get that fan base cranked up in the morning, they're going to vote. Yes, if they get up in the morning. Right, well, they have nothing to do. And it's a lifestyle. What was our guy's name in New Mexico? Drew? Yeah, Drew in New Mexico. Drew, only vote once. Yeah. He was talking about it's a lifestyle that he lives in that we're banging on Limp Biscuit. I love that. I had no idea there was a Limp Biscuit subculture. <laughs> they, like, identify each other and it's like, hey. All right. No, I mean, you poke the bear is what you did there, Seton. You were making fun of the Limp Biscuit community. Are you distancing yourself from your comments? Okay, first of all, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> and second, I feel like we were making fun. I was you, not. It feels like you guys are the ones I, backing no, away. No, I, I had nothing to do with it. I said I don't know anything about you Limp Bizkit so except soft. for Fred Durst. You don't want that heat. You guys no, are I don't. So I can't take that heat. Yes, Marv. 
Look, my wife told me she was a big Limbiscuit fan. If she had told me that before, she was like, Marvin, I was a really big Limbiscuit man in 98. Really? If she had told me that, I'm not sure if I'd be married to her right now. Did you marry Doc Rivers? <laughs> the voice. <laughs> I really love Fred Durst. I even had the hat. Your wife has a deep voice. I like what I like. Yeah. <laughs> Limp biscuit. That might have been a deal breaker. Ripping someone's head off. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. One more hour to go, believe it or not. Fritzy, Seaton, Marv, Paulie, yours truly here on the Dan Patrick Show. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To to start listening.